This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning and welcome to Ringgit and Cents, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanisan. Buy Now, Pay Later, also known as BNPL, has become quite prominent recently and it's raising some concerns among some that this could lead to a new type of debt trap, especially in the longer term. Long story short, as the name suggests, BNPL allows you to buy something now but pay for it later. But unlike credit cards or other credit facilities, there are fewer requirements and hurdles in order for you to tap into this. Is BNPL a new option to help us with cash flow or a debt trap in the waiting. To help me with this, I'm speaking with Itham Idris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory, as well as Soraya Zainuddin, Founder and Writer for Ringgit or Ringgit.com. Uh, to the both of you, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us, Roshan. Happy Thank to be here. Thank you for having us, Roshan. Now, Itham, I think let's start this with you. Um, BNPL options are appearing all over the place online, offering alternative payment methods, and in some cases uh, on an interest-free basis. This sounds like a credit card, but it's got a low barrier to entry and use, as I mentioned earlier. How else does BNPL differ from credit cards at home? So BNPL, or Buy Now, Pay Later, is a new service offered to consumers where they can make installment payments on a purchase over a period of time. So if you're used to the uh, 0% installments using the credit cards, it's very, very similar. So in this uh, sense, there's a sense of uh, predictability uh, in terms of the amount and number of installments the consumer needs to make. So if you opt to use BNPL for gadget purchase, for example, you can choose the option to make a three to six months installment payment, where in most cases it is interest-free. So. Hmm. Why do I say in most cases? Because instead of paying interest on the balance, you would be paying a late payment fees. And there are other hidden fees as well. Sorry, I want to jump over to you now. Because uh, I'm, I'm aware we've had discussions about this before uh, offline. Uh, you're not the biggest fan of BNPL. Could you maybe express to us your concerns with this facility? You're right. I'm not the biggest fan of BNPL and I have a lot of concerns about it. I'll just share two right now. The first being that they are positioning themselves as this enabler of happiness by, um, and they say this in their copywriting, you know, they help people to get what they want when they want it. For me, that is promoting instant gratification and that is against the very principle of good financial management, which is, as you know, delayed gratification. So the way that I see it, the only way that you can justify BNPL usage if it is being used for health or safety related purposes. But now what you see is BNPL is mostly promoted for consumer goods. So I know that there are obviously many different BNPL providers that, it, that is entering the market right now. One of them, you know, at least one of them specifically partnered with the luxury goods brand. So how can you even justify that? Another key concern that I have is the target audience. I have absolutely no problem if BNPL is targeted to people who already have money, you know, people who are cash rich, people who are already wealthy. But the target audience for BNPL is not them. It is the consumer debt market. It is the people who are used to financing their lifestyle with debt or want to if given the chance. And that's a very important phrase right there, if given the chance. There are people right now who can't 
take up a credit card installment simply because they don't qualify for it, but this allows them to get those installments. So com with all the other factors, when you combine this kind of promotion for instant gratification to, for consumer goods, and then you combine that with Malaysians generally low levels of financial literacy, and then you combine that with high household debt levels, and then you combine that with salaries not increasing, I don't see how it can be a sustainable practice for the long term. Sorry, a lot there packed in two questions, in two answers there, but I think you've highlighted those main concerns. I think not just you, a lot of people are a bit worried about this. One, yes, the marketing of the product, but two, also just the utility of it. And, you know, in a little while, I'm going to push back a little bit in terms of the responsible use of BNPL and the possibilities there. But the key there is that because you've lowered the barrier to entry here in terms of requirements needed to get onto this facility, you are targeting an audience that before this wasn't entitled or couldn't get credit cards. So that's uh, one of those key concerns, I think, that's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, Itam, anything else to add with regards to the risks of using BNPL? Yeah, so I think both of you nailed, uh, nailed it, which is the reason why they are popular nowadays is they offer these short-term loans for consumers who may not qualify for a credit card. So uh, in a recent survey, uh, more than half admitted that they actually increased their spending by 10% to over 40% when they use these plans compared to using a credit card. Yeah, I think and I saw that survey. Have shown, yeah, and studies have shown that almost 60% of them purchase an unnecessary item that they couldn't afford in the first place. So when they buy outside of their budget, there's a potential that they might miss or make a late payment, which in turn increases the cost of the purchase overall. And of those buying the items they could not afford, half say that they are behind in payments and the other half say they will miss at least one payment in the next 12 months. So yeah, you can see how that's a very, very, I would say, bad uh, mix of uh, of things. Yeah. Not a great set of numbers you've highlighted there, Idham, overall. And I, I can't remember, I think I read, I read this a few days ago and it was a report that I think The Edge was speaking to BNPL providers and they were very happily talking about the utility and people jumping on the platform and the increase of utility. And uh, I read that and I was like, mm, I'm just a bit concerned on this part. Uh, but again, a little bit of pushback in a second. Uh, but before that, Itham, you noted that, um, yes, it's technically called zero interest rate, but there are other costs to be aware of, things like late payment or other hidden costs. So aside the late payment, what other kind of costs have you noticed when it comes to BLP, uh, BNPL uh, facilities? So the, uh, if you get in a situation where you miss payments or you're not on time, you first of all, you may be paying those late repayment fees. But there's also additional fees for uh, it depends on the provider mm -hmm. yeah so uh they might, some providers charge what they call additional fees for not paying the scheduled amount interesting yeah so let's say you you're you're due 500 and you only pay 400 you pay additional they call uh uh sort of like a fine mm -hmm. for not paying the full amount and also even additional administrative fees so all in all uh for some of the items that you purchase, for example, like Suraya mentioned, these uh, consumer or retail items, you might even double the cost of, of, uh, of purchasing those, those items. If you're talking about even uh, low, low cost items, a few hundred ringgit, maybe for example, 100, 150 ringgit, 200 ringgit, that can balloon 
up all the way to 300 for example due to those uh, late fees that's right anything you want to highlight when it comes to the cost of using BNPL yes Idham rightly, rightly pointed out the late fees but I've also seen BNPL providers that charge extra fees for their customers to use the service and I've also had people who have been reporting to me that they see some providers or some merchants who are using BNPL charge higher prices for items on their platforms and you know notwithstanding you know, different merchants have different services um, all of those however we can do some kind of direct apple to apple comparison some gadgets for example you can compare them they would cost like 10 25 percent more um, so when you think about all of this much we know that bnpl charges around i don't know what's the the current um fees but it's roughly between two to eight percent in fees we know that merchants are not just going to absorb it so to maintain profit they will of course reduce cost elsewhere and increase the prices i think it's the same concept as fmb outlets increasing their prices in food delivery platforms they do that just to offset the price of fees so it's the same concept uh, the price the, the cost will just be um, transferred over to consumers regardless whether you use bnp or not so i think that's a bigger issue that's happening here it's um, not as good for people even if they don't use bnpl you're going to see an increase in price for items yeah, I can't. I'm maybe misremembering this, but I remember a few years back. This is a similar situation we see with credit cards, right? Because credit cards do charge a certain fees to the merchant. I think it's like two percent or thereabouts. So when you go to certain places, they put a two percent charge on top of the purchase price when you are buying something. And I've I've, I've, I've experienced this before as well. But you do it because of the convenience, because no one's carrying around three, four thousand ringgit in cash to buy a laptop. And I'm pretty sure that Bank Nagara clamped down on this a few years back. But the difference here is BNPL is not regulated by, by Bank Nagara, but that said, there is a utility for it if you use it responsibly, which we will get into in just a little bit. I've been speaking with Idham Idris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory, and Soraya Zanudin, Founder and Writer at Ringgit or Ringgit.com. Keep it here to Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Ring and Sense, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanesan. This morning, I'm speaking with Idham Idris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory, and Zuraya Zainuddin, Founder and Writer at Ringit or Ringit.com. And we're talking about buy now and pay later. Idham, uh, we've talked a lot about the more negative aspects of BNPL, but on an academic level, it isn't all bad if you're responsible with the facility. It can be an inexpensive way to borrow money for short amounts of time. Uh, for context here, I myself like splitting big purchases over time for cash flow purposes. Uh, like, but I was using the 12-month credit card facility that a lot of banks provide. Say I buy a laptop that's 4,000 ringgit. I don't want all that money to go out at one time. I want to split it over 12 months. Of course, I have to make sure I pay all my credit card bills on time with that in mind. So taking all that, into consideration. What is the ideal way to use the BNPL service at home? So the main reason is for those interest-free uh, payments. So for example, uh, 1,500 ringgit purchase paid over three months is only 500 a month. While with a credit card, you pay the same 500 ringgit a month over the same period of time, but you also incur about 50 ringgit in interest. So it is uh, also helpful for this emergency or unexpected purchases where you can get almost instant approval with minimal credit uh, checks. So in, in some cases where some of these purchases, you need to have a certain credit card to uh, do those 0% installment free payments in uh, interest rate uh, payments. So in BNPL uh, cases, you can get approved 
almost at the point of sale. Mm. So that is very, very important when you consider emergency or unexpected purchases. Right, because essentially the service is piggybacking on the uh, perceived, on the credit checks that would have been done for the credit card itself, right? So that's kind of how they're streamlining it there. And what the BNPL service is providing you is that facility to split it over time. Uh, just one thing, you know, I just want to clarify. So that 50 ringgit you're talking about in terms of interest fee payments, that's if you don't pay your bill off full at the end of the month, correct? Right, yeah. So you would be paying 1500 So it's just a normal credit card purchase. Mm-hmm. You, ju- you just go swipe and then, okay, I'm going to pay 500 a month every month. That's your own internal decision-making process. But if you do that, and of course, you would incur interest on that, the balance. Yep. Right, so you pay one thousand five. You have five hundred. You pay off five hundred ringgit. You still have another one thousand ringgit, which in turns uh, incurs interest on the credit card. So over that three or four months period, paying that off, you would have incurred about fifty ringgit of total interest. Whereas using a BNPL service. Uh, theoretically, zero zero interest. Yeah, because you can't, I think the credit card facility, I think the minimum is 12 months for most banks. So if you want shorter term facilities, you're not going to get that with that with the credit cards. And I think that's the kind of Correct. sweet spot we're seeing with the BNPL. Um, Sorry, anything you want to add to that when we talk about the uh, quote-unquote ideal way to use BNPL? No, you're right. Absolutely right, Roshan. For the financial responsible, it is just another financial tool. And I think that right now is actually a really good time to use them because it's really competitive. A lot of players are joining the market. We see them offering cash rebates, discounts. But I do want to point out, point out a, a big but right here, which is humans are not homo economicus. We make decisions based on emotions. We make decisions based on uh, influence that that happens around us, peer pressure, even a useful tool, for example, like a cashback platform, like credit cards, or, um, you know, those extensions that help you to give um, cashbacks. Uh, They have found that people, A, make more orders, more frequent orders, and B, make um, bigger size orders. So if you go in with the intention that, oh, I'm going to save money, but what actually happens if you're going to spend more money in the process. So you can justify it by saying that, yes, for the financial responsible, definitely, on in theory, it's great. But can we do it in practice? I don't think anyone should be, you know, um, feel, have this like um, complex that they, yes, they can do it better. I think we should always like self-reflect and like, am I actually using this financial tool to the best of your, to our ability? Yeah, and, and um, you know, uh, I consider myself to be quite financially responsible, but even I have had troubles with over-expenditure when you're using things like credit cards or these kind of payment platforms that you don't see the cash going. You know, you don't actually feel the pain of taking money out of your wallet and paying for it. And because of the ease of use, right, it's kind of like social media. It's just you pop it up and then you just say, oh, I need this now, I buy you. There's, there's less of a gap between the intention and the actual act of purchase, which is... Uh, definitely a red flag overall um, and uh, yes response, personal responsibility is important but I guess creating some kind of awareness and rules and regulations around the who can get these kind of facilities in terms of your ability to pay back is really really important but again uh, the regulations with BNPL are different um, with that in mind um, I guess let's talk about the the concerns, right? The big, big concern here is that with the proliferation of BNPL and the lower barrier to access this facility, there is a concern that we're going to enter a new era of debt traps. And uh, as we know, household debt is already very high in Malaysia. Idham, should we be worried about this in terms of a new era of debt traps? 
Uh, for sure, because at the end of the day, uh, the reason why BNPL is popular is for those who may not qualify for a normal credit. So this is the, uh, I would say, the those who are already in the space in in that situation where they are not able to get these additional credit facilities, having access to it may cause them to spend more or go for those items that they may not necessarily need, which in turn will cause them to make what we call financial mistakes. Mm -hmm. In this sense, it would definitely be a worrying factor for this uh, group of, of, of consumers. Uh, Soraya, any thoughts on this as well? Yes. Um, in general, and it's not just BNPL, but in general, I worry about this trend that's happening, uh, which is borrowing against the future, where financial innovations, um, they are very much helping you solve the problem of accessing cash now, but without actually solving the problem of higher salaries. So we see, you know, it, making borrowing money easier or like borrowing against your future wages um and when the future is so uncertain right now and you know basic thing cost of living are so high self-care itself is often capitalized i i i worry a lot about how things will go for or the have-nots in the future. Yeah, I think it's just important to note that the easier it is to get access to credit in terms of uh, if it's, if you have to put less security behind it or less collateral or less assets to back that, um, the more expensive it is in general. Now, let's talk a little bit about why there is maybe the regulatory landscape here is not as stringent as other credit facilities are. And that's simply because BNPL is not under the purview of Bank Negara Malaysia. Uh, I'm going to throw this to you. Um, without getting too overly technical here, could you help us understand why this is so? So um, BNPL falls in what uh, is under the what they call a f factoring agreement. So it's as simple as because of the Financial Services Act, the leasing factoring or higher purchase business is not under the supervision of Bank Negara. It's as simple as that. So the, the way that the BNPL business is structured and the agreements that they sign up with those retailers, it doesn't fall under the purview of Bank Negara. And that's the only reason why there's basically no big regulatory oversight on on uh, these uh, uh, BNPL providers. Now, as we wrap up, I'd like to basically just boil this all down to a few points, if we can. And uh, so I throw this first to you, Soraya. In summary, um, what are your overall thoughts about BNPL? Good, bad, or is it complicated? I think that I maintain that BNPL does more harm than good to society. Merchants are put in a very tight spot where to maintain their competitive edge, they have to implement BNPL into their services, and I don't even blame them for doing so. Um, I, and then you have all these people who say, who will put all the responsibility to be financially responsible to the consumers. Um, it boils down to, they would say things that it boils down to financial education, but we know that the state of education, even in Malaysia right now, it's there's a it, 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 there's a growing gap and that's a whole story altogether <laughs> and then 
combine that with the manipulative advertising, marketing, uh, you know, the design that is built into the system to encourage instant gratification. Um, the name itself is a call to action. <laughs> it helps you to buy now and pay later. Um, I, 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 I know that it will continue to grow uh, in Malaysia. BNPL is backed by so much VC money, so much institutional money. I just hope that the damage won't be so bad to Malaysians before it gets regulated. And I do hope that it gets regulated soon. Itam, PNPL, good, bad or complicated? Complicated. <laughs> it's a, To me, it's just another debt instrument that potentially can be misused by consumers and cause them to make these uh, huge financial mistakes. All right. Uh, to the both of you, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. I was speaking with Itam Idris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory and Zoraya Zainuddin, Founder and Writer at Ringgit or Ringgit.com. And you've been listening to Ringgit and Sense, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanesan for BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.